need my radio, man. This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer and our respective domiciles, uh, Sam Franco, Eric Antonov, Josh Bagrianski. Gentlemen, how's it going? It's going pretty good. You know, it's one of those uh, summers of soccer, if you will, with a bunch of different tournaments going on alongside of uh, MLS competition. So uh, you definitely have not been lacking in soccer options to watch on TV. It's, it's been pretty great. Between the soccer and the Hawks, I feel like there's a lot to something every day to watch now. Well, there's something every day to watch no matter what with the Euros and then Copa America, but it's it's a variety of of at, well Atlanta and just whatever. It's it's sports. I think the Hawks can thank Atlanta United for breaking the Atlanta curse because all these breaks are going the Hawks' way. I know the Braves didn't. Well, it's not. It's not. It's the curse isn't broken yet. So well, let's quote the breaks on that. According to some people, I thought Atlanta United broke the Atlanta curse. That's what I'm saying. Atlanta United broke the curse, so the Hawks are getting all of this, like... Oh, oh I see, I see, I see, I see. They're okay. getting all these bounces. Like, look, Trey Young goes out. I think we all thought, okay, the Hawks are going to lose the next two games and it's going to be a good run, but it's going to be over. And what happens last night, not only do they win, they were going to win even if Giannis hadn't gotten hurt, but then Giannis goes down, and that knee injury is brutal, by the way. It looked horrible. But, I mean, these are breaks that Atlanta teams don't typically get. So, it's just one of those things where it seems like the curse might you know, might be fading away so it's reversed. a little bit. Because I, I feel people are still throwing the, uh, the curse moniker around a lot um, whenever anything goes wrong. So you well, don't those people suck, Josh. Okay. You don't hear the take often. The curse has actually been reversed and we're moving forward, which would mean Atlanta United's struggles are only because of one person, and he's on this podcast. Hey, hey. His name is Eric. Hey. <laughs> Blame Aaron. Even if I even if I were to leave, this this team is not getting better. <laughs> well, yeah, you already. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> no. LA United uh, nil nil draw against the the Red Bulls of New York after a after a, a very tough physical match between the Red Bulls. Um, Atlanta United, honestly, it, to me, it didn't look much better. It looked it looked like a better version of the same stuff. But if the same if if what we're talking about is 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 not that entertaining, then I don't care how much better that not entertaining soccer is, you know, it's still going to look not entertaining. Um, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of talk at this point about uh, what needs to happen to see this team improve, to see this team kind of get on the, the, the positive end of, of some of these results. Uh, and I, I, outside of just, well, I, let's get your thoughts on, on the weekend, just overall the last few games, Sam, because it looks like, at least from my perspective, is I, I just don't know with the cast of characters that we have now, I don't know how it gets better. You know, I, I think for starters, like, it's tough with a new manager. You're always going to say that. And then there's going to be people that if Atlanta United doesn't get this turned around, you know, within the next month or something, you know, you're going to get the really, you know, dumb, lazy uh, hindsight outtakes. I mean, th- those are coming, you know, if Atlanta United can't get this going. But in a first year with a new manager trying to learn a new system, you know, you're always going to face, you know, speed humps and things like this. And, and let's just call it what it is. Joseph Martinez not being in this lineup the last few games. Duh. That's obviously going to affect you as a team. 
and, and finding that ability to replace it. I mean, that's the reason they were terrible last year. The number one reason because they didn't have a, you know, true consistent goal scoring threat up top. So uh, that number one is always going to stick out to you when Joseph Martinez isn't involved in, in the lineup, then it's obviously going to be a struggle because this team is built around him. But, you know, you look at some of the things we've seen and, and some of the things that, don't really seem like they're changing from the previous regime or, or the previous season, if you will. And Atlanta United, you know, just not being able to hold leads. I mean, th this is a narrative that it has been pretty consistent for the last, you know, two seasons, or at least last season, like into this one. Like this is a team that, you know, doesn't have the ability to play a full 90 minute, you know, solid defensive game. Red Bulls was a good game. You know, they came around a little bit more, but now I'm kind of more talking about some of the games before this one. But it's it's just a struggle to watch this team at times because you don't – you see flashes of what they could be or like an identity that they might have. But it's really hard for them right now to just, just put that consistent 90 minutes of, of a style and, and a, a way of play that, you know, you want from your team and, and, and what Gabriel Heinze wants – from this team. So it's always tough when you have uh, soccer is one of the hardest sports ever because you're constantly, you know, juggling, having players go out for international duty and things like that. So having the ability to replace these players is something that Atlanta United really, really has to figure out because you're, there are going to be times when you're without one or two guys. And right now it seems like it's, oh, obviously whenever Joseph Martinez is out, this team just can't, you know, score. They can't go for, they can't, consistently have an attack because they're all looking for the guy that's not there. And if you watch the, the Red Bulls game back, there are four or five really bright moments when you mentioned those flashes, Sam, where the play ends with basically a ball into the box and Kubo Torres gets beat to it by a defender. Uh, and it's not a mistake by Kubo Torres or anything like that, but it's, it's a play that Joseph Martinez, being the elite number nine that he is, gets on frame. There's another play where Kubo takes a ball off his chest at the far post and kind of hits a, hits a shot over, over the goals. So there are four or five of those bright moments end in a situation where you would say, how does this get better? You have someone better on the end of that final ball. And, and that player is hopefully, and again, we, we still are yet to see the very best of Joseph Martinez pre-injury. Um, and he didn't play at Copa America. So uh, for obvious reasons. So I, we're going to see, but you would hope that if things are going to get better, that the, those flashes that we're starting to see now are going to become goals because you know for a fact you're going to – well, not for a fact, but you know that there's a chance you're going to be able to insert an elite number nine into that space for Kubo Torres, which has seemingly been the weak leak in terms of finishing off some of those attacks. At the same time, you've got the worrying trends you bring up, Sam, and it's just you're not creating enough, period. And I can't sit here and say – that's all because Joseph is gone right now. It's just been a trend for too long at this point. And you did have him for a little bit, although not 100% earlier in the season. And you had some of the same problems. Him not playing in like America is a good thing, right? Can we, can we get that? Like, like it obviously w didn't work out for Atlanta United that, you know, he was with the team. But, you know, the whole COVID thing happens and, you know, he's not able to play for that team. Quite frankly, maybe could have used the rest, you know, maybe could have used not actually playing in competitive matches to kind of help himself get further along in that recovery. You could make that case, but I could also make the case that him not playing also, also sets him back form wise, yeah. not, not, on, not in, on an injury basis, but sets him back in terms of getting to the form that he was before this injury, getting back to the rhythm that he, he, but getting back to the Joseph Martinez that he was 
in you know yeah. at, at the best of, of Joseph Martinez. It, it's certainly a that, rare a rare case where you're like, oh man, I wish I wish that he had played in that right in tournament. At yeah. least at yeah. least he's moving. At least he's in that environment. At least he's you know uh, you know going through the training sessions. At least that even if he's not playing, at least he's doing that with the team as, as opposed to just sitting. I assume sitting just sitting in the hotel for two weeks or whatever it is. I. I you know, normally, yeah, that would be a good thing. I, I just don't, I, I'm, look, I'm very hopeful and, I, and I'm very optimistic that Joseph Martinez can get back to the way he was. I, I also am, am I, I don't know, there's a little doubt in my mind that he's going to be the same player he was when he was, you know, breaking records and being as dominant as he was. He just hasn't looked that yet. On top of that, I don't think he's getting enough. Uh, I mean, we've already brought this up, but he's not getting enough opportunities to be that guy to begin with. So when he does have the one or two moments in, in, in a match, you know, he's, he's, he's got to make it on those moments. As opposed to what happened before, he would have multiple, multiple, just endless opportunities to score, it seemed like. But that's what and I that's want how, to believe, right? Because don't, yeah. that's what I want to think, that that is what has improved. He just happens to have been gone during that time. But you are starting to create more opportunities for your number nine. It's just that's Kubo Torres. And like I said, you look at – if you go back and look at four or five of those chances, they're not like amazing chances. You're right, Eric, but you've got – a few crosses from the right. You've got the play I mentioned where uh, Kubo takes it down with his chest. I mean, it was they were high degree, uh, degree of difficulty finishes. Sure. But Joseph Martinez finishes those. And how many times were we talking about, uh, particularly uh, in 2019, games where maybe you didn't create a lot, but you got something out of nothing because of great timing and great finishing on a run off the ball and then execution of the finish from Joseph Martinez. So you want to believe that at least that much of the attack is back, which would mean you're going to at least start scoring some goals again. But look, guys, it's all well and good for us to say, you know, hey, this team would obviously be much better with Joseph Martinez and things like that. And look, I'm as guilty as anyone of kind of my first, you know, excuse or whatever you want to call it for Atlanta United not playing well is that they don't have Joseph Martinez. But no team can be a good team and have a consistently good season and, and be a force that's going to, you know, possibly contend for a championship, all of those things, if you're that reliant on one player. And so, you know, you yeah, have to agreed. look at – yeah, you have to look at Atlanta 100%. United. Yeah, you got to look at the rest of the team right now. And quite frankly, defensively, they're nowhere near good enough on a consistent basis to to even, you know, be considered like a playoff contender. And then you look, you know, throughout the rest of the throughout the rest of the squad, and it just seems like in certain places, you know, they're, they're not good enough. And I, I also Sorry, I'm also bothered at the fact that that this team knew last year that it had to deal with out of Joseph Martinez. It went into 2021 knowing that while you did theoretically have Joseph back, you had no idea what kind of soccer player you had in him. You had no but idea. Lissandro, though, I mean, you can't predict what happened with with Lissandro Lopez. And I, and I, I agree. Think he's a better. Although you're probably right, Eric. I'm just going to insert this very quickly. Sure. Your, your point is true, but I do think you're in a slightly better situation with what we saw from Lissandro Lopez, even in a small sample size, as compared to what we've seen from Cuba. That's why we need Tevez. <laughs> well, we need someone. I, 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 at this point, I would love, I would love for Atlanta United to go after a, a, a go get someone that wants to retire in MLS. Go find someone that that you know can produce in those last 15, 20 minutes that can fill in for Joseph when he's not there or when he needs a rest or when he needs a break, whatever. 
go find that veteran player that just wants to retire in MLS, I'm all for it right now at this point, because you just need someone to kind of light the fire right now. Barco's not that guy. Moreno's not that guy. Sosa isn't being asked to be that guy. Uh, There's no one that can really light that, that, that spark in a team. There's, there's no one that can really hype this team up. Uh, you know, when it comes to how it attacks, how it goes forward, you know, there's no visible frustration. I think what bothers me most is that there doesn't seem like there's a visible frustration within this team. Uh, like there was, say, last year when, when an LGP, well, not, not last year, uh, the year before when LGP was uh, as upset as he was with, with, with Frank DeBoer and, and the lack of, the lack of, uh, like, I would even, I, I say it again, I'll take Tito. Because at least he, you would have that passion, you would have that that energy, that fire to want to get to goal, to want to create something. To to you know, there's just not a lot of that. I, I, when Joseph's on the field, you do see that, but I, you, you expect that. It's almost commonplace to see that out of Joseph now. It's not the, the It's not a surprise. Not, the pieces are clearly not what they were. Yeah. Even even if I, even if Joseph comes back full speed this year, the pieces are not what they were. No. Uh, really, if we're going all the way back to Tata Martino, but certainly 2019 as well. Put 2018 Joseph on this team, it's not a playoff team. Like, uh, even with, you know, Joseph in his peak right. form, it, this is not a playoff team right now. I, think, I still think it is. I, I still think it's a playoff. No, team. because you're not getting enough service into, the, into a guy like Joseph Martinez. You're just not creating enough. Well, I, like I said, I, start, I think that we have seen – little little blips of that of of that service and a player like joseph even with little blips of that service i think you get enough goals to make the playoffs uh maybe but, um, but you're certainly we'll not, it's hard for me to say you're a threat to to make a run through the playoffs yeah uh, particularly without emerson Heinemann, uh who i think is a big part of of uh, uh connecting your Sosa type players to those flair players that you mentioned, Eric, uh, a moment ago. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's but it's not even flair. It's not even flair players. It's just anyone that can take over a game, say specifically in the midfield, because we know Joseph can do it up yeah. top at its best. But Barco is not that guy. Moreno's not that guy. Abara was not that guy. There's no. There's no, there's no sense of dominance in that midfield. You know the back line is solid when they don't, when, when, when you know they're at their best. Uh, the, 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 the still the missing link, the missing link has been. Well, you said you haven't been. No, not consistently. Well, I, 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 I would, I would, <laughs> but I would argue that's not a, that's not a product of the, of the back line. I would argue that's a product of the team in general. Not being able to. I think they've been fine overall. I I do too. I think they're. I think our back line defensively, they are a playoff team. It's everything else that needs to get worked out. I wouldn't. I still think if you look, okay, so yeah, okay, but I still think you have. This is something we've talked about a lot. It does mean something that, despite the fact you haven't created anything, that you've basically created the type of match you wanted, with the exception of at NYCFC midweek last week, which was a mess. And maybe leg one CCL against Philadelphia. Other than that, you've pretty much been in the tempo match you wanted. You've had control of the ball. Uh, you've been, you've defended pretty well, uh, but you just haven't created anything, and that's created this domino effect, you know, going the other way, affecting the defense, affecting the midfield. But I still think if you can just get a little bit better in the attack, maybe not maybe not elite, creating tons of chances, but you're just creating enough for Joseph Martinez to start scoring some goals for you know, uh, Barco and, and Moreno maybe to start cr- uh, scoring, creating a little bit more, just a little bit. And I think you have the foundation there already to be an above average team, although hard to see 
that deep run in the playoffs. But but I that's that's the optimist in me is that you're seeing strides in the right direction. You know you're getting Joseph Martinez back, and you have to some degree accomplished what you wanted in these matches in terms of being able to possess the ball and control tempo. I wanted to say something though, kind of speaking to what Eric was saying, like in terms of you know players that want to go out and, and just make something like happen out of nothing almost. It's like nobody on this team right now, there's some things missing. Like it's that one hard to describe that we've talked about before that, that gumption, that have a go attitude that, you know, just, just try to make positive things on the field happen, like attitude and mindset. And then there's also just, you know, a player that, you know, can, can, as Eric was saying, kind of like boss the game, like that just isn't on this team right now. Like uh, there's nobody that wants to have that fire and have that passion. It's like that, that unmistakable sort of it factor, somebody that can come in and make something happen that's missing. And then fire. There's no, like, as Eric said, there's no real like passion in the performances. It seems like, you know, the, the mm-hmm. team just doesn't seem to have that, you know, and you can laugh all you want, you know, passion, you know, all that or that, but it's true. I mean, this team just doesn't seem to have a lot of, you know, fight in it right now. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, the, the, team, the team's really scoring one goal a game. I think the team is. They're not getting much more of that. I don't, I, I haven't noticed. Anything. No, no, no. It's like, I, I don't, I don't think it's a matter of them. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a factor of them not trying hard enough. Well, here's it's, my question. Okay. Cause do you think it's, I tend to think that it might be more that first of all, Barco, we know is not a player you can rely on to do that on his own. And that Marcelino Moreno, Eric Lopez, might just not be good enough to do it. I think that I, that's part that's, of it. That's, yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's sometimes I don't know, you know, you hear a lot of, oh, you know, the, the, there, there's no gumption in the attack. There's, I mean, it's like sometimes you go back and you, and of course when you watch the game as a fan through, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, but then when I watch the game back, you, you see exactly what Eric was saying with the solidity and defense and moving the ball to Sosa and then the ball just turning over with Lopez and Moreno all the time and Barco sometimes coming off, sometimes not. So, I mean, is it a matter of someone not trying to do those things or you just aren't, don't have players that are well, that, Yeah, right. So that, that's, what, that's why I don't see it much as an effort factor. I think it's just th- th- that Barco hasn't been the player that we wanted him to be. Moreno hasn't been the player we, we hoped he would be. Um, there's, there's no one else in that midfield that, that can really, that can provide you what you need. Even even from a even from a from a 2018 uh, 2019 standpoint, there's no one that can provide you with with any kind of assertiveness in the midfield that can then be that can then lead to something going forward. It's all just kind of like a you almost skip the midfield and go around it by by going down either flank. And I mean that's effectively how most of our I feel like most of our attack has been where it's. Uh, no doubt, you know, where, where it's crosses on either side, and it's and that you know, was a, George Fellow or two before though. Also, yeah. like why are we crossing so much? Why are we crossing so much? And Joseph would save the day. Um, uh, but but yeah, I mean, look, if you it used to come from Gressel, now we're seeing a lot of them come from Lennon, right? So you're seeing a lot of, and this is something I feel like that has always been an issue at times, where the team get gets into crossing the ball all the time, and and without Joseph Martinez, you're never going to score goals uh, if you do that. Because Marco's so sheepish, you know, at times with trying to make something happen through the middle. Like, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I'm not saying the effort isn't there. I'm just saying, like, 
his sort of, and it's not just him, it's also Moreno. And then I'm starting to think that, you know, and I think this is a pretty apt comparison, you know, patting myself on the back. Um, I'm starting to think that Moreno is like pity 2.0. You know, you see it sometimes. Like you're like, oh, dude, this guy's got something. But it just disappears for way too much. And, and well, the thing is, you don't have the expe- you don't have the expectations that you had with pity on. No, that's on, fair. The, the same Moreno. expectations. So it's, it's, I'm not in terms of what they're doing is very right. similar. Like a guy that you see it sometimes, you're like, man, you know, because pity had moments where you're like, dude, this guy's really good. But I, I feel like I've seen that a few times with Moreno, but most of the time it just fizzles out, and you don't really see I, you know anything. And there are so, I mean, Moreno is one guy that I think really, and of course, like you said, Eric, because of expectations, you're not hearing the same talk that uh, you're hearing about uh, Barco, and deservedly so, but he has not been good. And and I almost, you know, the, the PT comparison, there were a lot of things that PT actually did much better. You know, if, if you look, I mean, I think they both are the types to try um, tricky plays and, and try to pull off spectacular 1v1 plays, but... When, I mean, Moreno is not is not. PT Martinez was still a guy you'd look and he'd say, "Well, he created some chances. Yeah, they were crosses from deep, or you know, he took free kicks and kicked him over the goal, and every now and then it would come off." But with Moreno, I really don't even see him successfully getting into those positions in the first place. And and I think he his he's had a failure, game winning, you know, his, his game winning header was one. Yeah, and he's had some moments. Yeah, but I think his failure to kind of mesh with those around him. Uh, has has really been one of the main reasons that you have struggled to look dangerous aside from missing Joseph Martinez in the last third. I mean, if you think about a player like um, an Ezekiel Barco, and I think even to an extent, uh, Eric Lopez, they want someone that they can play the ball and get it right back, you know, get a one, two, play, you know, combine with one, one another. And Barco certainly has the ability to play uh, that combination as well. You don't see that with Moreno ever. I mean, the ball is very often the ball stopping with him and him running at defenders, and that's okay. But I think sometimes starting to think that he maybe just lacks – he's not a particularly strong enough technical player where he can make those intricate passes uh, or finish clinically in the box. And you need those things so badly for all the reasons that we've mentioned throughout the podcast. And certainly he is not giving you much of that, and, and, he, and you're going to have to get more from him somehow. It's amazing I think, how far I you can get in the South American league on lack of it's technical just, skill. Like you can yeah. be like a player that shows flashes, but if you watch a lot of like, you know, South American soccer, leave the door stuff like that, you're going to see a lot of very unskilled players. Look, I, I shouldn't <laughs> say he's unskilled though or untechnical, right? He can do some spectacular things with the ball, but some of them, some like, like some of the more simple things, like, like just making a, a simple pass to a guy in stride when you're breaking into space on the attack, like, well, that's what I'm saying. fundamentals don't really not, exist down there. He's oh good god, he, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I got to say I'm right. I mean, Pity was a South American Player of the Year. Well, I think that's I, I that's, <laughs> that's 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 evidence <laughs> right there. Generalizing a little bit here. Um, well, other but, than the Brazilian League, I'll give I'll give the Brazilian <laughs> League and some of the top teams credit. But I'm talking more about your you know your 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 Stoke on a Tuesday night, whatever the version of that is in South America. You're seeing uh, a, lot a lot more of, uh, kicking it kicking it shins. <laughs> Well, you can see certainly that right with Moreno, I think. And, and look, I'm willing to be proven wrong on this because there has been a smaller sample size on him. But I just don't see it. I mean, I just don't see him making those – aside from beating players 1v1, I don't see him doing anything super effective in the attack. And and he's going to have to do those things. It's simple as that. And I just don't know if he's 
has the ability to do it. And that's, that's the real big question uh, for him. Look, I, I think the bigger picture in this, which is, is not, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm painted in most circles as the negative Nancy of Atlanta United, but it's, it, this doesn't paint a very glorious picture for, for the front office and the, and all the misses that have happened basically since year one. Cause you can, you can, you get all the credit for, for, uh, for the ones that you hit on, but man, since 2017, you have hit on essentially everyone other than supplementary pieces that are, are serviceable pieces on any team. You, you missed on pity. Okay. You said hit for a, you, yeah, I was like, wait, sorry, wait. sorry. The only people you would have hit on, if you want to say it that way, is that you've hit on the, the serviceable pieces that would be serviceable on any team. So you've hit on, you've missed on pity. I think most people will, will, will say that you've missed on pity. You, it looks more and more likely that, the more clear that you've essentially missed on Barco um, as much time as you want to give him. I'm at this point convinced that he's only good against players, his age and, and players, you know, players that he can see in, in, in take U23 alert. world cup nonsense, because those are players that either aren't starting regularly, haven't gotten to the, his level yet, whatever. So at this point, I'm not convinced that he's, 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 he, he's a miss in my opinion. Um, Anyone you brought in, with the exception of Lisandro, anyone you brought in has essentially been a miss when you're talking about who you might replace for, for Joseph. Um, you haven't replaced anything in the midfield with anything that's, that's as dominant as it was before. You've essentially missed on everything since 2018, or since 2017. Um, You've missed in particular on the signings that are the foundation of what you want to make your club on, yes. or the younger South American signings. What's interesting to me is, I think, and this is indic indicative, indicative of Boca Negra and company taking full control when they didn't have it in the Tata Martino era was one thing that stayed consistent is you've done a good job signing MLS players from sure. Jeff yep. Renowitz's all yep. the way now to your Brooks Lennon's. And then even I would say, you know, obviously. But again, those are, those are, those are the serviceable pieces that would, that would start on exactly. 18. Exactly. Yeah. Your Emerson Hindman, right? It was not an MLS, but an American player. Sure. But you see, and as it's been reported, they got more control with total player signings. So they, while they continue to go, and try to sign these players in South America. We've seen failure after failure, and not just that, really inflated salary figures. So, I mean, it's – and, like, you, you, can't, you can't win on that. You know, you have to be – that's the foundation of winning championships for Atlanta United is getting the young players from South America, giving you something different, uh, and then moving them on. That's what we saw the model was the first two seasons – so, yes, you need those Lorenowitzes and Lennons to be successful with that, but the foundational players you need to get, it's been miss after miss after miss, basically from the day after Tata Martino left. And it's really fascinating because it seems so cliche to say that, you know, but every single sign points to that being the case. It makes Alan Frank alert. I've got a conspiracy it makes, theory alert here, guys. It makes oh. the Alan Frank. It makes the Alan Franco signing even more puzzling to me because that's a DP slot that you can't use on someone that should be more dynamic. Tata Martino left behind a bunch of scrub transfer targets on his way out the door. And Carlos Bocanegra found it, and he was like, oh, we're going to go get all these guys. And Will Castro. <laughs> That's my conspiracy theory of the day. Tata Martino sabotaged Atlanta United on his way out the door. Sabotaged him. Wow. 
Wow, I love. Obviously, it. that yeah, didn't happen. But this man will be I'll tell you, he's a real talent. He's a real talent. I mean, to speak to what talent. you guys are saying, though, I mean, the the, the failures in in South America and the, and the big transfers have been, you know, one after the other. It has certainly been a, a rough go of things and rough sledding for Atlanta United when it comes to you know just bringing in players that are going to be those different. Yeah, look, it's I. Even I Oh, sorry, Eric. Go ahead. No, no. I, it's like I, I don't want them to stop going after these players. But if you're going to go after these players, know that you're going to overpay. But don't like I, I look at the pity to me was puzzling because even when I watched his highlights at the beginning, I was like, I don't see a lot. Everything that every all the good highlights of his were were kind of I don't know, everyone focuses on that on that copa lib goal. I'm like, what's the he, it's, it's one on nothing with with the goal in front of him he's got anyway everyone looks at that moment and thinks that's what made him and i'm like i don't i don't i don't see what the worth was there but same with barco you, you look at barco and i'm like how do you spend 15 million dollars on this kid when when effectively he didn't prove anything you're spending it obviously on the youth on what you can potentially build out of him but you can't miss this badly you can't miss this badly and be successful um you know, LAFC. Assuming they they keep bringing in young young players like they brought in from the beginning, they they might go through something like this too because the expectations are so high that whenever the replacements come in for the players, they eventually sell off aren't going to be to that level. But in order to continue dynamic, uh, you know, as Alexi Lawless constantly points out, you know, if you're going to be a big club, you know, these are the type of things you have to do. If we're going to, if Atlanta United is going to be a big club, they have to continue to sign players that are at that level, if not better, and continue to bring in players that spend the money as best you can spend the money to bring in players that you know are going to make it, you know, are going to be hits. LAFC hasn't hit. They haven't seen that yet. And I'm worried. I, I'm not even worried about them because I feel like they have, they know enough just watching Atlanta United as to what not to do. And I think the players they brought in year one were better than Atlanta United's players year one. Well, yeah, you never want to be the team that people are using as an example of what not to do. Yeah, <laughs> Atlanta's what not to do. I don't right. think it's easy to talk about Barco, but he's a designated player, right? So he's not, he doesn't count against the salary cap. And he has been a decent player for you, although he's been below expectations. The ones that bother me are Jurgen Dom making – $1.3 million. Oof, Fernando Mesa, who's on loan now, making just under a shade, under a million. Uh, you know, we, we always talk about Heinemann. Your goalkeeper's making 800 k Joseto is making 550 k Eric Lopez, 340 uh, You know, th- this is the, the, the weird Alan Franco signing. I mean, yeah, those, I, are, I, so I, I don't, those are the ones that worry me much more. Because if you miss on Barco's, Arthur Blank might be pissed. Well, I, why it's like you know that's like pocket change for him that yeah. money, but in the end, Barco is is still a decent player for you. But you're really going to fail if the the TAM pieces that you're going and getting, you're first of all paying them more than some of your DPS in the case of Jurgen Dom, and then you're getting this little production from them because it's not just about. I mean, it it wasn't just you know Almiron and Joseph Key, right? But we all know how important Bijalbo's were and, and your Assad's were to that. And Gressel so, and yeah. And absolutely. Like your other pieces and you're failing so miserably with those in terms of them costing you money that affects your ability to go out and improve this roster this summer. And that's where you really have a problem to me. I, I, I don't disagree with the sentiment. What I do disagree with is that, that 
and I'm not, I don't think you're saying specifically this, but the fact that, that Barco is not panning out the way you thought it was because you've spent DP, you spent a DP slot on Alan Franco. Um, just in those two moves alone, you should be getting more dynamic players that can absolutely transform your midfield. I don't care. Uh, the defense, the, the, the back line defensively, this team was fine before and will be fine after Alan Franco. Um, it will be better when you replace Barco. It will be better when Sterling gets bought down. But I, I disagree. I mean, there are if you look at designated players in the league from South America, Ezekiel Barco was not like at the bottom of that list. You I'm not saying he is. No, no, no. Much, much, much worse than sure. Him. I agree, but he's not panning out for this team. I'm ready to sell Barco. I'm ready to. Yeah, certainly he hasn't. Define panning out. He doesn't take over a game. He's hurt more often than these plays. Right. It seems because like expectations it, are was he take over a game, right? So define panning out, right? Is he worth? 15 million no but does that mean he's not still a I, he's not worth i don't look at it that way he's i look at i don't DP, care how much josh what he's not, exactly he's not, a, he's not a he's not a dp he's not a dp he's well, a tam player at best throw, you pay that much money to have a player that's going to impact the game and do a lot right. in your lineup he's right. not my, my expect my expectation of it my I, I agree, but if you DP for me is a player that transforms the team that that you build around that that you cannot build around Barco. You built Barco is a piece that you build with yeah, around yeah. someone else. He Barco is not a piece that you can then build around. Joseph is a piece you can build around. Almirono is a piece you can build around. Sure. Yeah, and those are the only not DPs that. Not Alan, I'm sorry, not Alan Franco. I, 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 surely I'm, he gets bought down. Surely he gets bought. Down. I'm sure, but let's let's take Alan Franco out of the equation. It was Moreno that had the DP slot before him, right? And he's yeah, and he of, of, of the same consequence. He's the same. It's the same thing. It's another. It's another DP miss for this team. And I'm. I'm just. I'm. I would love to know the details as to what goes into these decisions because I'm sitting there. I'm looking like what like. You can watch these guys' highlights on YouTube and just realize that they're not of that quality. YouTube. I don't get. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get excited about the 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 prospects anymore, especially with the names that I've never heard of. I don't get excited because I have no idea what to expect. And the the the, the history this team has shown me is that they are not good at finding talent that then can transform or can take over this team, make it theirs, be as dynamic as we need them to be going forward. You know, so on and so forth. This team is barely scoring a goal a game. Right. So let barely me, scored. And I'm not like I can't get mad at the defense, uh, you know, at this team defensively because if you're only essentially giving up a goal a game, you know that should, you know, get you, that should be a playoff, a playoff team right there. It should be enough. You're right. I, that, that's why I, I don't care about them, you know, giving up two goals because I, you know, especially in this in the, in the last game they gave up two goals. So was that new NYCFC? Um. It, whatever was his own goal. So, I mean, like, who, I, that, I, I, I can't get mad. I can't get mad at, 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 the, at this back line for, you know, doing its job, essentially. I, I can't get mad at this team for doing its job. And that's what it's doing. I, it, everything else about this team is, is, is not good. Um, it's frustrating to watch because it's, <laughs> it's, it's you're, you're hoping for a different result after getting, you know, after seeing this thing over and over again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very frustrating, and it's unfortunate. But I do have one question for you guys before we get out of here today. Is it coming home? 
Fuck no. Okay, so England are not winning the Euro. It never, it never is. It never is. It never okay. is. Okay, good. I just wanted to get home. you on record from for saying that. It's not coming home. Uh, Euro's shit, been fun Eric to watch. Says, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe now it's coming home because I said it's not coming home. So I could go either way now. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? No, good stuff, boys. Yeah. Been a blast. All right. That'll do it for us. Until next time. See you later, Lana. See ya.